and really helped me a lot in terms of like learning how to have some faith in my next step because we are in being an artist we're doing something that's yes been charted before but no two paths have been the same way no comedian was like oh i went here and got here and then i got this it just doesn't happen that way so like you need to have some some type of like steadiness in your path and i think that that book helped me a lot with that um but yeah definitely starting with deep breaths all comedians need to take a a couple minutes and breathe (laughs) and i and, and drink water a lot of comedians will go whole days without drinking water. Makes it possible. Please make a donation today at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Everybody say sausage, keep it going. Head, bacon, grits, sausage. When I be stomping, lick my sausage. When I be IHOP, ordering sausage. Eat a pancakes with the motherfucking sausage. Give me that shit, I need some sausage. Lick my dick, that shit, no sausage. Welcome to Radio Free Brooklyn. My name is Thelonious. I'm your host. So welcome to Radio Free Brooklyn uh, and Eggs, Bacon, Grits, Sausage Radio. I'm super excited right now. I have one of the uh, fathers of the day on. We got a super comedy star. And I say that so that that way she can be super uh, embarrassed because I, I, I love to introduce people like <laughs> like that. Um, so welcome to uh, Eggs, Bacon, Grits, Sausage, Chanel Ali. Yay, thank you so much for having me. I am a comedy father. I have many comedy sons, and sometimes I gotta slap them. <laughs> you gotta you got slap them up. No, and hey, like you, uh, you're, you're an experienced, mature uh, person in the game. I'm, yeah. sure, I'm sure there's been a lot of times where you got to give some beatdowns. For sure, so, I have asked so, a comedian to step outside, absolutely. <laughs> I believe it. After listening to some of your uh, your special on, on hashtag Apple Music, yeah. um, gotta go listen to it, Chanel number one. Yeah, check it out. Don't, don't sleep, don't, don't sleep. Don't sleep on it, it's a great album. All my friends tell me that every time they plug their phone into their car, it automatically starts. Because it's probably the only, the thing, only thing they thing have they bought. bought. Yeah. And none of them <laughs> complain about it. So every single day they hear me say, hey, what's up? I'm Chanel Ali yeah. and like start my whole life story. So jump in. It's going to feel like we're friends. Hey, we're we're going to play a little bit of it in a second. But yeah. I do love to hear when, you know, like that you you tell these random men in Philly that uh, I, you have warrants out. Yeah, absolutely. You have warrants out. Yeah. For beating random men. I, I and just, you're a man. Absolutely. I just live by this mantra that anytime somebody approaches you with crazy energy, you got to out crazy them. Just immediately step up the game and force them to stand by their crazy because most of the time they're going to be shocked by that. Mm -hmm. And that'll give you at least a a chance to run or think. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I my one of my father hashtag Father's Day. My dad, um, (laughs) he, he gave me advice when somebody's following you in the street start zigzagging and running like a crocodile <laughs> okay All he's right. from he's from he's from that the the ravenswood projects okay but i don't know what that means you know like i i <laughs> honestly i've done it yeah but i don't know if anyone's ever actually been following me or i'm just paranoid out of my yeah. mind it was like some lady walking her dog and she's like yeah Yo, this kid is spooked yeah he's dude on that shit he's really scared of chihuahuas right now yeah yeah i am uh, it's true but um, hey, let me na- re- let me play um a clip from from your uh, Comedy Central from oh, one okay. of your Comedy Central. It looks like you have multiple. I do have two. Yeah, the resume is getting long. I'm annoyed with it. I'm yeah. tired of I'm tired yeah. of giving these credits. Yeah, <laughs> I'd love to um get one, but we'll 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 play one right now. Yeah, and we'll we'll talk about that. It's good to be here. I'm Chanel Ali. You might know me from MTV's Girl Code. I was in the last season of that show, which was also the last season of that show. (laughs) So you're welcome. (laughs) I got that stuff right out of here. They were like, it's a show where ladies give other ladies silly advice. 
I was on camera like, ladies, the first time we break into his phone, let's add one of our fingerprints to that security system. The producer was like, fade to black, fade to black. She's going rogue. We knew it was gonna happen. I'm originally from Philadelphia. Yeah, I'm happy y'all been there and made it back. I like that. I like when my city lets people go nowadays, very progressive. People always ask me why I made the jump from Philly to New York. I tell them, it's because I realize comedy is hard, but you know what I should try? Poverty. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I was really poor. You were poor? <laughs> when I first moved here, oh my gosh. That first year, I was so poor. Just, I was doing research studies, any random thing oh, I could no. do to make money during the day oh um yeah i was really poor but i just was very convinced that i was not going backwards and that i was going to push through and we will see an orange tomorrow <laughs> you know <laughs> that's tough i um i i feel you sometimes they're like are you addicted to and i'm like i'm not but i could use 150 dollars yeah Shit. i feel you that's nice if you're that's gonna nice help cut. me you're gonna help me get a hit no <laughs> <laughs> Like a hit of rent. <laughs> right. No, I feel you. A rent you. hit. I feel you. Yeah. No, I remember when I first moved here, I was really poor. And my grandmother back home uh, in Philly, she somebody stole her debit card information. Oh, no. And they bought like a bunch of chicken, like specifically fried chicken in Brooklyn somewhere. And she knew I lived in Brooklyn. Oh, my God. And so she called me one day. I was like, Chanel, I know. I know like you're having a hard time. But like, did did you... Did you take my card? And I was like, Grandma, I wish I would have thought of that. Holy shit. I'm so angry that someone is rock walking around Brooklyn like with chicken right now that I could have. But no, it wasn't That's your me. inheritance chicken Exactly. Right there. I was like, I'm triple, triple upset for you that this yeah. happened. And <laughs> this I'm more upset for me, me because yeah. I didn't even think of it. And now here I am starving. And now you have less money. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, if it was chicken, you know, and it was probably not that. <laughs> it probably wouldn't have been that I, helpful no. at that time in your life. Yeah, that's a couple meals. But it really helped her. That it helped her understand how how rough I, it had been for me that I would even say like, oh, I wish I had that. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty rough that she already accused you. I of know, it. right? She was she, like, "Well, no, I really didn't think so." But then yeah, I don't know. I she was, yeah, I think it was just the location. That's fair. Yeah, but no. She was like, "Do you live? Don't you live on that yeah, block?" She was like, "Did, did you have Uber Eats? <laughs> what did you get for lunch today?" <laughs> <laughs> There's a picture of you that the driver sent. <laughs> wow, that's so. You're from Philly, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You're from Philly and um, born and raised. Yeah, South North. Uh, I, I listen to it. I listen. Oh, you moved around all over. Yeah. Uh oh, rent baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was getting it. I know a lot of parts of Philly. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. I um and then you moved to New York, but did you go to college in Philly? Yeah, did I went you, to Temple. Oh, sh really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was a temple owl. Studying Isn't that like a very religious school? Oh, no, it's not religious. Okay. Temple sounds, sounds like super that. religious. It does. Because people... they have like a football team. I just yeah. feel like football team plus temple. Religious yeah. It's as more hell. like just another word for like a, a castle type place, <laughs> you know? Okay. But um, no, it wasn't religious at all. Honestly, it's really mostly about sports at that school and just kind of being in the city, <laughs> just being in the city. Um, but I went there because it's one of the most diverse schools in the nature and the nation, like culturally diverse. It's really ranked high. They have a, a really incredible, like they pull people from all over the world. And um, on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. OK. It's, it's, it's just like this random fact that Temple's always been this way. It's always been a very diverse school. And that was really important to me. I don't know why my 18 year old mind. I was like, <laughs> I have to. It's diversity or nothing. But yeah. it was. And 
I studied advertising. I thought I wanted to write funny commercials, and it was a good major for me. I studied a lot of creative writing. Uh, I even took a photography class, you know, so we could like take pictures of of the products. And I remember that expanding my mind, learning about a lot of different artists and writers and and tools that they use to come up with these catchy copywriting phrases or jingles and all types of stuff. I just felt like it was a great major for me. That sounds like a great major to take. And it's nice that when you were 18, you were already doing smart things. I know. You're that like, was a little... I'll go to get diverse and I'm going to go yes. get diverse. Yeah. And then I'm going to... I got it though. <laughs> got I got that, that diverse. diverse. It was, I don't know why I, I had all these ideas about like being adjacent to creative because I knew that I would be happy if I had a creative job. And I already knew I was a comedian. Like deep down, I already knew I was since I was a little girl. I knew, but I was afraid to say it out loud mm-hmm. still. And that was one of the reasons I went to college. I was like, oh, you know, but then um, even in college, I was like, well, I need to pick something that's like adjacent to being a comedian because You're like I need to make money. Yeah, I need to make money. <laughs> I need to like have a resume that doesn't say I think I funny, you know, yeah. like it needs to, I need to have some type of background. And then it was a good major, but I really had a hard time finding a job, a job as a copywriter. Like this, there's not that many copywriters or there mm. wasn't when I graduated. Now it seems like everybody's doing it. But <laughs> when did there, you, why do you, why does it sound like you graduated when 2010, there was 2010, I graduated. Yeah. Okay. I, I okay. felt like there was a couple of big agencies that had a handful of copywriters, but there wasn't just like a ton of those jobs. Mm. There wasn't. Now it seems like there's, there's a lot more. Yeah. The internet is absolutely. Right? So absolutely. I guess you were, I guess you right missed before, it by like two just, years. Yeah, like maybe six months even, maybe. <laughs> by six months? Oh, yeah. so you gave up on your dreams quick. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And I had a lot of different jobs, but then I started comedy. I tried it for the first time after college when I was like 24. I went to an open mic, and I went to support a friend. Oh, nice. 24? So yeah. That's I, like um, good, but yeah. like later than I feel like a lot of people. Well, I still did. I mean, that was the first time I did it, but I, it took me a long time after that to like really okay. start doing it. I would say... Until I was like 26, I didn't really do it that much. But um, that first night, I went to open mic to support a friend. He was playing the guitar. And it was like an open mic with all types of artists. And when I got there, he called me like, oh, I'm so sorry. I found out it's $20 to get in. And I was like, what? That's a lot for an open mic. Like You you didn't even know yet. Yeah, I was like, you might not even play that thing very good. And I'm in here playing all this money. But I really wanted to support him and some of the other artists. So I did it. And then when I came in, they were complaining that they had an empty slot. They were like, we just don't have another act to go up before this other act gets here and they have to load up their stuff. So like if anybody wants to sign up, whatever, whatever. And then we like took an intermission and it just felt like everybody, it felt like the universe was saying that's for you. That's the spot for you. This is a safe space. So do it. And so they put me on the list. I didn't have any written material. Uh, I hadn't planned on doing a thing. uh, And I killed. I destroyed. Yeah. Just talking about Philly, talking about Temple, talking about at the time I was working at the airport. Like I was working for TSA. So I had bits all day about people having crazy. Working at the airport at TSA? Mm -hmm. I had like a government job. (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah. I was hustling, trying to make it through. (laughs) And um, yeah, it just like that was like confirmation you know you have this question mm-hmm. your whole life like am i this thing i feel like this thing yeah. and then you try it and you're like oh i totally am look yeah. at that I, that's me but Damn. still it took me like another two years after that to like really commit because it's a scary thing hell yeah and i was gonna say if you if chanel can make it at 26 or it can do it as well <laughs> as she's doing sorry i didn't mean it you just that's like fine. rolled your eyes no, hard I didn't. No, I then didn't. anyone can start later than than the I don't know. People yeah. realize like I started at 16. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, you're here, though. I think that's you're, you're with me here because I didn't have shit to talk about. Yeah. I don't think when I was younger. What the fuck could you talk about? I don't know. It would have been inappropriate. I know. 
Yeah, I would have been thinking that that's what comedy was. Because obviously when you're young, that's what you think it is. You're like, you just say the most shocking thing, right? Oh, no. That's funny. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I hate that. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's it's cringe. Uh, But that's so, you know, it's it's cool that you I started. It took me years to from my first mic to like actually doing multiple mics a week. Of course. Yeah. Like I was just doing like one mic every six months because I was just like, I'm too scared. And I also felt like in Philly where I started, I mean, and just a lot of comedy scenes in general, they weren't super receptive to a young black girl showing up and wanting time. They just didn't want to give me time. They, if they if they wanted to allow me to sign up, it didn't matter if I was the first person there when they opened the doors. They would put me up last. Really? Nobody else. Yeah, it was just like, it made me realize that I was going to have to just like do this grind that came with no favors. And that's hard in entertainment when you want to show them, hey, look, you can trust me. And obviously I felt better than a lot of the people that I saw that they were putting up. So it took a long time of like going to a lot of different types of mics and building up my material until these main mics really invited me back because they had heard about this buzz. Like, oh, we hear you're killing it all over. Why haven't you come here? And I was like, oh, because years ago I used to come here and you guys would put me on when the janitor was cleaning up. Oh no! And then it's like 3 a.m. and I'm trying to get home in Philly and it just felt crazy. It felt like, what am I doing with my life? You know? So I think now people are more open to allowing a woman to speak. <laughs> and that that's great because I remember feeling like, man, they're not, they just weren't, they're not going to give me a chance. That sucks. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> yeah. But I, the thing is, it's crazy to say, because I think there's a lot of like really hysterical Philly comedians. Absolutely. And so it's weird to hear that. I, I assume it must have been like blossoms and trees like in, in Philly. Like yeah. Blossoms and trees. It is. It is. I mean, you know, we had new growth. We definitely had new growth. But um, I th- I just think that comedy has had a bit of a renaissance lately. That yeah. they're more open to new energies and people that literally are not named Steve. And yeah. <laughs> there was a time when comedy was all about Steve's. Steve. It really was. And if you didn't come in with your plaid shirt, then you didn't have the comedian's uniform on. So how can we know that you're funny? Like, we don't know. John Mulaney look? Yes. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think sometimes not everybody notices that because sometimes you just are worried about yourself. But, you know, like, it's a reality. It's definitely a reality. I do have family members go like, how come you don't have any pictures in suits? (laughs) like, what? Like, where am I going? I haven't worn one in years. Mm, Why would I wear one? I got booked at a a fancy, like, private uh, country club in Jersey not too long ago. When I got there, I I had jeans on. And the girl was shocked. Like, I don't know if they're going to let you in. I was like, they're definitely going to let me in. They hired comedians. They didn't expect comedians in tuxes. If they they? did, no, yeah, they let me in. It was fine. I had a great set. I ate some fancy food. uh, Yeah, but I could tell that she was just like small minded in terms of like, like I'm Chanel Ali. You're not gonna. Nobody's gonna tell me what to wear. That's where I'm not. You know, I've paid my dues to be able to wear what the fuck I want when the fuck I want. I don't care. Yeah. Like nobody's gonna turn down my comedy because I have jeans on. Nobody's gonna do that. And she was like, oh, shit, maybe I could tell in her head. She was like, oh, maybe I should start wearing jeans. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Next day fired. Yeah. Immediately fired. You don't care. We can tell. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, honey. Oh, God. 
<laughs> I've never been to, I've never even been to a country club, but I yeah. imagine it's just like the way that I'm picturing it. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. I also used to... Um, <laughs> Wait, also, like, did you do well at the club? I killed, oh, yeah. You killed, okay. Yeah, and Jessica Kirsten went up after me. Really? Holy... Yeah, she was the headliner. I was wow, the feature. amazing. And, like, she didn't have on anything fancy, you know? She's yeah, herself. Definitely, so, I couldn't imagine. And I remember, like, right before I went up, the host was just bombing, bombing. People's phones were going off. Who's like, the these, host? Uh, I don't remember. Some some guy I never heard of. I oh, never okay. saw again, honestly. I was, oh, okay. I, don't remember I thought you were going to be like, no, I can't tell. I can't oh, tell. no, I would. I would be okay. like, it was that big. I would say their name. Okay, yeah, okay, no, okay. I just don't remember because this gig was so stupid. But um, right before I went up, Jessica <laughs> Oh, the Kirsten, host was like a guy who works there? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. all right. Yeah, he was like a Jersey guy. And <laughs> Jessica Kirsten was like, this crowd is, is assholes. You give them hell, honey. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, I'm gonna. And we just, we I feel like all we did was like light them up. That's all we did. How many people were on the lineup? Was it just you and just Jessica? Just us three, yeah. And and the host? Yeah. Damn, that's that's a really that's yeah. Like a and they wanted me to do like diverse. They wanted me to do like lineup. thirty-five minutes, and I was like, I'm gonna do what I feel like doing. Like, I'm not gonna be up here <laughs> forcing these people to love me. Okay, okay. For you know, close to half an hour, half an hour, and then she, Jessica, has to do forty-five. I was like, uh, you guys, come on, because when they're outside of comedy clubs, they don't always know how to do it. You know. Yeah. Also, like thirty-five and then forty-five. Crazy. And then with a, a like that's longer than yeah. And the no, host and terrible. the host had done like twenty. I was like, this is not like a showcase. This is too much. Yeah. Too much comedy. We're throwing at them. They're eating food. This is crazy. That's crazy. I I listened to Mark Normandy. He did some. He did something like that, and he said that people hated him <laughs> at sure. one of these clubs because I guess I don't know if you had to do the same thing where you had to sit down with them beforehand and like kind of chop it up. And I guess they hired mm. him more like as to, a meet and greet type thing. Well, not not they didn't know who he was. They just oh. were like, hey, let's hire a comedian so that he's fun at the table. And then Mark <laughs> Norman's such an awkward dude that it was horrible. You he's know? walking up. He's like dinner. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> just saying very meta words <laughs> evening yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm kevin hart uh <laughs> yeah like, what right. are you talking about yeah they're like we don't know that bit <laughs> yeah we don't know who you are yeah make us laugh um i just went to london with mark norman he was on that show with he me was? yeah oh my and God, when i was so on cool. the yeah it was really cool we i just filmed a show in london with mark norman joe list um to oh. say sloan um some incredible uh, UK comedians I'd never heard of like Glenn Moore hilarious hilarious like wow I would like to cut his brain out and eat it I don't okay, know it's okay. like really good brains I think he's Nutrients. got in there yeah I was like that guy's smart and um I was <laughs> we were flying out of uh Newark and I'm in first class about to fly to London I'm feeling all the things and Mark Norman walks up but we both have masks on and he's like hey and oh, I he just, knows who you are yeah Mark Norman yeah we, oh, we've been joking right. together oh, we've been joking together. yeah yeah, yeah he knows right. me um, and so he walks up and he's like, hey, but I don't recognize him because he doesn't have a, we both have masks on. Yeah. And I just didn't expect to see anybody on the same flight as me because we all were like flying different times. And so I just think this is some random white guy in first class who's just bothering me. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, bro, like I'm not here for this shit. Back the fuck up, <laughs> you know? And he's like, comedy. And I'm like, oh, oh that's so funny. Like he was he two has a brand. seconds that's away. So cool. Like if he wouldn't have said comedy yeah. in that way, I wouldn't have known it was him. Right. And I was really about to get in his ass. <laughs> like, yo, you need to back the fuck up. I don't know what you came over here to say. I don't want to hear it. I don't care what it is. Oh my God. Get the fuck out of here. But that was a really dope moment. Holy shit. Dude, that's like he is he is he he has that thing. Like it's so cool that he has like a word that people like yeah. and comedy is his word in comedy. Yeah. I need a word. <laughs> I, need, I need something. I need a catchphrase. I was thinking about it with my like I was thinking about it not with my friends. I was thinking about <laughs> I was like if my friends could say my catchphrase. Yeah. Well, how cheese. Yeah. Um 
I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It'd be like, uh, it'd probably be like, um, <laughs> just be, um, I think, I think my catchphrase would be like, I'm killing it. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I say that a ton. I, okay. And I say it about a lot of different things. Like I like to celebrate little moments in between big tasks. Mm-hmm. So I'll like do something. I'll be like, I killed that. And then mm-hmm. I'll move on to the next. Like I just, right. I'm always like taking a moment to be like, you're doing good. Yeah, you're doing good. I don't say break a leg. I think that's weird. I yeah. do, I say kill it. Yeah. I say have fun, kill it. I always say have fun. I always okay. say have fun because I remember the first time a comedian said it to me, it immediately changed my mindset because I had been mm-hmm. overthinking, overthinking, overthinking. I think it was like a, a comedy contest or something, and uh, this funny comedian, um, Grubard, what the fuck is his first name? Uh, I don't remember, but anyway, <laughs> he's really funny, and he was like, "Yo, have fun up there, like just have fun." And I yeah. was like. <gasps> It like instantly just like put rainbows in my brain. I was like, fun. Yes, yeah. I do comedy because fun. Yeah. So I always say that to people. But one time I said it to a guy because, you know, how boy comedians are very sensitive. Very. And I are. said it to I him represent. like, hey, have fun up there. And he's like, well, what do you mean? Like, have people been telling you I haven't been having fun? Oh. And I was like, yes, everybody's walking around talking about Mike, the unfun one. <laughs> <laughs> he hates fun. We are a sensitive bunch. Yeah, very yeah. sensitive. It's like, you know, it's all month. It's yeah. all month sensitivity for, for me and the boys. I think any artist tends yeah. to be more sensitive but comedians like, what do you mean i'm about to what the hell does comedians that mean? only care about words so <laughs> when they hear a word and they're not totally sure how you're using it or where that's coming from they cannot chill about it you know that's funny but yeah boy comedians are very sensitive and i and i have dated a few so i can absolutely confirm <laughs> the most sensitive <laughs> um I, so you said that uh you know we're only about words but you have solid stage you have not solid you have um, like very you have no, like, I can't even, I don't notice your stage presence because it's so good that I don't think, wow, she's doing this or that. You're yeah. just natural. Are you, did you work on that or is it more of, um, was it natural? Um, part of it is natural. Part of it was that I, br- I feel like I broke myself of fear. I just like, you know, like super conditioned myself because when I first started going to open mics religiously, I was very afraid. Like sometimes I would do this act out where I would pretend like I was talking on the phone. Like I would Mm -hmm. lift my hand up like it was a phone. And if I was very nervous, my hand would shake. Oh no. And then the audience would see it and then it would ruin the bit. And I was like, gosh, no, like you're, you're literally giving it off a tell that you're nervous and you need to like stop being nervous because we already know that you're good at this shit. So like chill. And so I started getting on the train and telling jokes on the train in Philly. That's fucking So crazy. I would have like two or three friends with me <laughs> who were literally insane. there to be my bodyguards. And they would be placed wherever in the train. Yeah. And whenever the train got really full and we were going on a stretch without the doors opening, I'd stand up and I'd say, hey, you guys like comedy? Well, you're about to hear some. And I would just start telling bits like rapid fire. And that scared me so much. Like that was so terrifying that once I got back on stage, I had no more stage presence fear like my body was chill oh i had confidence in myself i knew that hey i survived the train so this is not that scary okay and i think since then i've just always had a confidence but i i think i just really believe in myself also and i think it shows you know i i I always try to belittle what we're doing and bring it down to something Mm -hmm. smaller and all we're doing is talking to people and out of all the things that i can say i have very good skills in i can talk to anybody I can yes. communicate my ass off. So, you are a gabber. So, you know, we can chat. And it's like, you know, once you dumb it down and make it a smaller task, then what do I have to be scared of? Let me move my body. Let me shift this mic stand. Hey, let me fix the cord. Like, I, I'm not afraid to just move while I'm up there. Okay. Um, Because it feels like I'm supposed to be, you know? Yeah. So, you don't, it sounds like, yeah, you don't, you don't work on, I mean, not that you don't work. You do, you, your stage presence 
working on that. Wow, I can't speak. But I've, I've the way you learned it is is not by focusing hyper focusing on it. Yeah, it, what you did was just stop caring about it. And I can't watch too many videos of myself, especially like in the early days. Like I just can't really stand it because I can see that my stage mm-hmm. presence is. I can like I don't think other people can see, but I can tell. Like oh, you were a little scared that day. You were yeah. a little nervous. Your arm is hanging in this weird way, and I can like really beat myself up a thousand times about that. So I try not to like once I know I need to change something or work on it and I've seen it once, then I just do instead of like recording myself a billion times and watching it a billion times. Because I think you can you can make the problem bigger sometimes if you overthink it. Really? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Well, (laughs) I'm I'm doing I'm doing the uh, I I mean, I was so nervous at one point that just just getting to the um getting to doing open mics and not and remembering my set mm-hmm. is like a big deal yeah <laughs> so uh now i'm trying to work on individual pieces of my my stage presence so like hey stop rocking back so much yeah why the hell are you rocking so yeah, much? yeah where are you trying to go where what's this what's it's this lo- head motion about and you bobbing and weaving on stage yeah no one's fighting like i never yet. do that why yeah. am i all of a sudden doing that Ugh. i've definitely like seen a new comic on stage and as soon as they got off i was like hey that's so funny but you got to move that mic stand man Oh, well, you're that's like rough. you're you're doing like some uh-huh. weird thing with the mic stand in front of you and creating this obstacle, like all types of mistakes that we make early in the game. Yeah, I mean that's like that's a. I feel like that's really early. I don't know. Like, you'd the be mic surprised. Stand one? You'd be surprised. Some people are. They literally hide behind it. Oh, they okay. like it's like um, it's like a crutch. They just hide. They just. Like, I mean, I hide it. behind the microphone a little bit. Yeah, like no, I, I feel like I'm, I, I can't that. imagine doing stand up without a microphone. Yeah, no, it's it feels I so it. insane. I hate when my hands are free. I watched Hacks. I don't know you see mm-hmm, Hacks, mm-hmm. and there's her. She does her special with just the like the earpiece, and I'm like, that's just so unrealistic. And not unless I was really like make. I, it would have to make me feel like I was giving a TED talk. It would have to yeah. be. There's a point to this whole. Well, she special. does. I guess that is like a TED talky mm. thing. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, I wouldn't. No, that's I, why I hate it. And all the UK guys do it. I think Ricky Gervais does it. Yeah, but I like Ricky Gervais, but I don't. I did a show in Brooklyn where we all had to hold a wild animal during our set. Oh my god! Yeah, it's really wait, scary. I think, who did you do it with? Um, I think I, wait. Oh, I think Robbie Collins did that too. Oh, he did it. Yeah, because nice. he told me about it. This is I the did first it a while ago. Heard this. Oh, I did it a while ago, but it was it I was, thought it was awesome. Zoo. It no, it was called like uh, the petting zoo. I think this is what the mm-hmm. show was called, but it's like in random places and they bring in a guy with a bunch of animals. Okay. And so he was like, yeah, I got like four snakes and I got like a chinchilla and like uh-huh. he had these random shit. And I was just like, yeah, I'm totally afraid of snakes. So give me the chinchilla, but I couldn't see it. I couldn't see it. They were all in boxes. He's like, I got you. And so then right before it's time for me to go up, is. it's kind of like a big rabbit. So then right before I'm about to go up, he like pulls out this huge chinchilla. This thing's like 15 pounds. And he hands it to me. He's like, hey, don't hold it too tight because if he gets angry, uh, he'll bite you. And then he walks away. He just leaves me with this information. And so I get on stage and I'm trying to hold it with one hand and the mic in my other hand. And it's like, hell no. You need to hold me with two hands. And I'm like, oh, but I need to tell jokes. And I, I cannot sacrifice telling jokes for your life. You know, yeah. so I ended up putting the mic in the mic stand and then just like rocking this chinchilla to sleep during my set because I just I, I was not willing to riff on it too much. I was like, no, no, I want you guys to hear my jokes. Okay. I don't care that much about this. This is not that interesting. This thing's gonna go to sleep and you're gonna get my material. <laughs> That's funny. They're probably like, you're the only person who's ever like Done not told set. more than one joke Absolutely. about a chinchilla. Absolutely. They were like, they ha- yo, we got to a point where we totally forgot you were holding the chinchilla. Really? I was Did like, they actually? Yeah. They said that. Oh, the wow. audience said that afterwards. I was like, I know. I know. 
Okay. Wow. <laughs> nice. Dude, and I, I'm terrified of white rodents. Yeah. Any little animals. <laughs> Any little animals. When you can't in tell when they're going to, like, when they're afraid, if you can't tell when they're about to, like, recoil, I don't like them. Like a dog growls. Oh, okay. Okay. A cat will hiss. They'll let you know, like, hey, I'm feeling away oh, about you oh, and, oh. like, whatever. But, like, a little chinchilla, you don't know. Yeah, I don't even. He could I, just like cu- cuddle up to you, like, oh, he's looking, and then he kills you, bites your neck, bites your neck off. Yeah, I yeah. just don't trust them. Yeah, I I ran into a possum on the street, and I was I oh, I, I, I I like I this is the most scared I've ever been. Yeah, uh, when I when a when a possum ran in front of me, I I would love I to make like, a TV show huge where we just scare comedians, just <laughs> put them in a room and just put a bunch of possums in it. Like, just yeah. I just would love. <laughs> content like that and i don't think i don't think people value it enough because a lot of people get scared and don't want to communicate their emotions but comedians yeah, will yeah, immediately yeah. get scared and say the funniest thing they've ever thought of their life oh god dude <laughs> i um i i wanted to bring up i don't know if uh, i know are you a were you we met on set for something yeah the small tiny the smallest Mm-hmm. and then can you talk about that is that something that oh, we're, yeah. you're allowed to talk about yeah I think, sure sure, okay, sure. We just, were you a co-writer on that no I wasn't no oh well, because I feel like you I thought you were like I punched was, up some bits I was punching up a lot of bits yeah no but we were where's te- that credit at <laughs> we were together credit? a couple weeks ago oh that was right before I went to London actually that was right before you went to London and yeah. then I saw that you were quarantining in that in that yeah. little box well it was a big it looked like a big room it was nice it was really nice it looked like that show and i didn't have to quarantine but i did it because they were going to test me on set and i to me was just terrified i was terrified that i would get covid and then get tested oh. on the set of this tv show and not be able to do it so did, I, did mark I, norman do the same thing um, i don't know i don't know i don't know if he quarantined <laughs> but uh we were taping a show um or we were taping a movie you and i um in brooklyn and it's called in the north bronx. woods i was in the bronx oh okay that's right i was in brooklyn scene. for a while but uh called the north woods and i play a cop and we're trying to track down somebody who's running around brooklyn cutting off people's dicks like kind of them dicks. really angrily yeah. and just like tossing them in the woods not even keeping them yeah. so like how, how does it make sense and um yeah it was a cool project it's one of my first like acting gigs that i booked and you were a lead yeah, I you was. Were, yeah, you were, num- you were number one. I was on number the one. Cast yeah, sheet. and I didn't know that talent. Yeah. you didn't know that. I didn't know that I was the lead until um, my co-star got COVID. Oh, was she number one? Mm, I don't know, but I don't know. I hey, really didn't know. I didn't really didn't ask. No, not anymore. <laughs> but she got COVID, and I thought maybe they would move the shooting date, and they were like, "No, no, no. As long as we have you, we won't move the date." And yeah, I was like, well, "Oh wow." Stephanie like was so over the top that she got you. She was like, "She, yeah. she's so she's gonna be. She's has more. She has like a mother's faith, like yeah, a good mother's faith sure. in you, like you a know, stage like, mom even." <laughs> yeah, but it was a cool yeah, project. And I honestly, I feel like people have always told me that I could play a cop. <laughs> people have always said that I have this cop type energy, I think, because I can be inquisitive and direct. <laughs> but it was cool. It was a cool project. And I definitely um, punched up a lot of the lines. And she gave me some opportunities to riff. And honestly, she gave me some opportunities to even help her direct, um, which I, I felt like it wasn't my intention. But I would see things and be like, hey, this would be funnier if we did this. And I felt like she always heard me out. So that's. That's really helpful because we don't listen to comedians enough, you know, yeah. and we should. We should. <laughs> That's society needs more comedians. Yes. That's what we need. Let us direct more yeah. projects for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, I, I, um, I, I think it was, I think you were, I went from what I saw, it was really, it was really fun. Yeah. And, um, I enjoyed it. Uh, it was really late, but. And you did like fake crying in it. I did. I did fake, uh, fake being upset. Yes. I was, I, I feel like I channeled real upset. It you know felt I mean? like you were going through it. Yeah. <laughs> the couple of times that I saw you do it, I was like, oh, he's like channeling some I'm channeling some trauma yeah, yeah, yeah and it's not deep trauma it's like the, it was trauma that i'm in the bronx at two in the morning yeah, and my yeah. lines got cut yeah. <laughs> that's what the trauma was i'm like that's traumatic. that's traumatic it is it hurt no it's cool i'm excited <laughs> um really excited really stephanie's dope yeah absolutely um and, and i always feel like those those experiences are going to lead to very big things and give us the know-how so when we get to the big things we'll know exactly how to do it because you've already been there yeah and you and it was cool you know she Cause I was like, Hey, I might, I might have a show that night. And she's like, it, like you, you don't want to pass on this dude. Chanel Ali's going to be there. And I'm like, what do you mean Chanel Ali? Like, I, I, and she's like, you know, the comedian, you don't know the comedian. I'm like, no, I know who that yeah, is. Yeah, but what are you Why saying? You, when did she get on board? Why did you tell me this earlier? Hilarious. I would never have, I would never. And she's like, I don't I, know. I also just shot another um, short film and I thought it was really low budget. Like I thought. I thought it was like not a big deal and I'm getting there getting my make I'm sitting there getting my makeup done and this guy is like walks up he's like hey you must be Chanel I'm John I turn and it's the guy from Napoleon Dynamite oh my god I saw that on your Instagram it's that guy how the hell does he know who you are because he obviously had seen the call sheet right and on that day I was like number three so he was like oh you must be playing Keisha you're Chanel I'm I'm John and I was like hey hey like I you recognized him yeah I recognized him instantly but also I was like when it, it took my, it, I like made a couple of connections in my brain immediately, obviously, mm. as we do. I was like, oh, he's in this film. Oh, he's the star of this film. Oh, we talk in this next scene. We oh, talk sh- the whole scene. Holy shit. I'm, I'm in this movie. Who else is in this movie? Yeah. And then like, um, Jamie Lee came around the corner. I don't know if you know her. Jamie Lee, um, not she's sure. been killing it. Also, there was like a football player who was famous. There, there was like a, a football I was like, player who's famous. Yes. His name was like Vernon something. Vernon Davis. Like, yes. Of the 49ers? Holy yes, damn. Vernon Davis of the 49ers. That's insane. Boy sports words that I remember. Uh, <laughs> yes, him. Yeah, there's only a couple of Vernons. That's right. Oh, I'm oh proud God. of you for getting that. He was there and I just like really even had it in my calendar as like this stupid short film <laughs> that you're going to do. You don't even know if it's going to, who knows? And it was great. It was great. And I got, I play a pregnant woman in it and I had to wear a big belly and like. Oh, it was oh it God. was really cool. That crazy. And you were like, I, I don't know how people get up. Yeah, I was, I was watching. I'm a I'm a I'm a Chanel Ali fan. Like, yeah, uh, people. I like to take people with me. Yeah, dude, you got to make more of those that TikTok series. Yeah, you got to. I don't know if you've been. I've been busy. It's yeah, been, yeah. I've but been the really thing busy. is, you've been in a good like. You, yes, you, I agree. You should have more of them. I agree. Because you're the only person who has that kind of, or like, there's a couple, but like the other. A couple ones people don't have started sense. since me, but they're not as good. <laughs> yeah, screw them, dude. I I actually worked on Law and Order SVU as a uh, production assistant. Oh, okay. And when you were on, Mm -hmm. that's how I got it in my brain to hit you up about this because you were on, you made a TikTok and you were like, um, on Law and Order, I don't know what your role was, but you were on Law and Order doing something. And then I heard... The um, lady. The lady. Oh, who yes. I, did I tell you? Yes. You wrote, I think oh, you I wrote in the comments. You. I wrote in the comments. I, I was think like, you did. You were like, be nice to what's her name or whatever. Yeah, I forget her name. Yeah. Now. 
but she's yeah she was my coworker. oh cool nice yeah, yeah. that's and, awesome uh, i feel like i've seen her a lot well i've been on law and order a few times but as as but yeah just background just background oh okay yeah yeah, yeah she's the she's like the um, the talent per- like, yeah kind of like the background i've person. definitely seen her a few times she's, she's she she gets it done she, i feel yeah. like i don't i never there's sometimes I'm, I'm doing background i'm like i don't know what i'm supposed to be doing but i feel like she yeah. she kept she's it like tight. go yeah she's like and go. you yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. That's very uh, insider insider it trading is. of yeah. SVU. Um, by the way, uh, let me see this. You're uh, you're listening to uh, you're listening to. Can you? Mm, that's unfortunate. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn uh, Eggs Bacon Grits Sausage Radio. I'm your host Thelonious Fiorito, and I'm here with the super dopest uh, guest Chanel Ali. I tried to play the music. It's oh, kind of, it's that so was right. happening. No worries. That's why. Yeah, I'm not just being super rude yes no i thought you were doing something important yeah i was like typing up an email oh (laughs) yeah you know i'm like hey um sorry brooklyn jocelyn chia can you make it to the the (laughs) brooklyn this is what it sounds like without music yeah (laughs) uh but it's okay um i did i wanted to um oh i have i have a lot of sick questions for you oh yeah when so you've been doing I don't even know how long you've been doing stand up. I say umpteen years for everybody. Oh, I'm eight years in. You're eight years in. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're ahead or you're you're at the place where hopefully eight years. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I sometimes do. I people feel are like eight it's... years in and they're they don't yeah. have the opportunities that you've yeah. had. Or, or, or they, they like haven't fin- gotten like a, to them yet. Imagine like a person finishes law school and they don't pass the bar. Yikes. Yeah. Like that's I what feel you, like that's what you equated to. Mm-hmm, so what mm-hmm. okay. Like I then, passed the bar like a year ago. You passed oh really? I'm that's just how, saying I'm just saying that's what it feels like. Right. right. Yeah, so a yeah. year ago is when you felt like things have started to change? Yeah, I mean I've been full time meaning I all, I've made all my money off comedy for four years, that's but crazy. a year a year ago is when it started to be a significant amount of money. Because for a while it was like, Yeah, I'm making all my money, but like my phone could get cut off, you yeah. know, any month it could get cut off. Some months I had it, some months I didn't. But yeah, I've in the last year or two, I've had some really big deals that I've been like, wow, this I never thought I would see a check this big for telling jokes. And that's amazing that they just sent that to me. <laughs> that's insane. So what is your like, do you have like milestones that you feel like you hit or were yeah. you looking at them ahead of time and being like, I want to hit these milestones and then you got to them or did they fall into place? Uh, well, do you have plan- any advice for people like other people? I don't know who oh. they might be <laughs> who, who like could follow maybe just tell us what the hell happened for you yeah yeah i can break it down um so my my plan was um i always used to watch this dave Chappelle interview when he talked about going to new york and he talked about how he became the talk of the town that by the time he did a good run here everybody was saying have you seen this kid from dc he's coming up have you seen this kid Chappelle? he's young have you seen him have you seen him and that was my plan when i came to new york i was gonna spread myself very thin but also with a lot of force Mm -hmm. and let people know that i have arrived i'm different and that I already brought it with me. I didn't, I'm not here to work on it. I didn't come okay. here to work on it. I brought it. It's already good and I'm ready. So I just hit, you know, all of the mics that I could find. And then I made a list of the ones that I thought were good. Meaning they were places where I felt comfortable. Places where I felt like I could work on stuff. Places where I watched who came in and they were people that I admired in comedy or who had significant shows in comedy. And then I prioritized those mics. Crushed those mics. Until people book me on the independent shows, the independent showcases at the big bar shows. Crush all of those <laughs> until people book me at the really big independent shows. Okay. Crushed all of those until one day. And this is like two years of work of me crushing yeah. consistently. I'm just crushing. I'm taking no names. 
if you see me, you saw me crush. Okay. If I see you come in the room, I'm crushing harder because oh, I know you're in sick. here right. and I want you to see me crush. And so then Michael Che posts on Facebook. I'm doing some shows, headlining shows. I need an opener. Who's a lady in uh, like New York City who's been killing it a lot? And everybody writes my name. Everybody in New York City who's anybody writes my name. Anybody who's seen comedy in the last two years writes Chanel Ali because I have been crushing it. And so I don't even see this conversation because I'm still out crushing it. I'm like, I'm not on Facebook seeing what Michael J is doing. I'm fucking busy. So then he calls me in the middle of the night. How does he have your number? Uh, he gets my number from another Philly comic. He asks another Philly comic who's he's okay. friends with. He's like, oh, I know Chanel. Yeah, she's great. Hit her up. Is Michael Che Philly from Philly? No, no. Okay. But he hangs with a lot of Philly comics. He loves us. Shout out to us. Um, <laughs> and so he calls me. And that was like a really big step because that... Uh, New York City had already been talking about me, obviously. Ooh. But then Michael Che validated it. Yeah. Because once he posted that I was going to be open for him, which was really out of the blue... And once all these people had backed me, it just became this undeniable conversation where it was like, yo, she's somebody in the city who matters. And she's she's doing things in comedy that are significant. And it wasn't long after that that I got a manager. It wasn't long after that that I got a commercial agent, um, a regular agent. Like everything kind of fell into place after that. But yeah, I just really capitalized on buzz. That's just kind of how I did it. And I think that's really important. You know, I didn't this was like pre TikTok, obviously. I didn't care about views. I wasn't posting a lot of my clips online. And I, you know, tried to keep all my presence very professional. And yeah, I just, I just crushed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So your advice is crush it for two years. Crush it. Also start somewhere not in New York. Yeah, and, that helps. <laughs> I mean, coming and then from come here Philly, and murder. I think it's hard to start in New York City. I think, honestly, if I could go back and choose to start again, I would choose to start in Philly. And build my chops there and come here because Philly is also a very rough crowd. So it makes you dead inside. Mm-hmm. You can't, I came here. I was like, I don't care if you don't laugh. I don't yeah. care. I don't feel anything. You know, <laughs> I'm here for my dreams. Um, <laughs> but, but also like it's like a smaller scene. It was easier for me to conquer. There's only two comedy clubs in Philly. You know, there's just not that much. Mm, that um, seems so much harder because then you're just you're if you I mean, I can't imagine doing mics in a small in a small scene because then you're you can't work on material in a small scene or it forces you to really come with something new every time because all these people have seen everything you have and we have to like hold each other accountable it's it's a give and take like obviously there's a ceiling there and i felt like i reached it in philly and i think a lot of comedians who start in other places make that mistake of like not leaving when they should you know if you have 20 minutes that are solid and you can do them anywhere you can't just stay at home and keep telling jokes at home. Like if if you could become a famous comedian in Milwaukee, they would they would have them from there. But they don't. They have them from New York and they have them from L.A. So yeah. like we just have to go where the opportunity is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I my manager saw me at like a small show in Brooklyn at Littlefield and she emailed me and we met and I signed with her immediately. And I've been with her ever since. And um, wow. Yeah, I, I had to get a lawyer when I got into a dispute after some writing I did with Netflix and they didn't want to pay me. Uh, so, yeah, I just kind of my team kind of just fell together by necessity. Like I just needed these things and then they just kind of appeared. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a nice story. It is a nice story. Yeah, it is a nice story. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the advice is just, yeah, go crush it. And that makes sense. It's a it's a very typical i think not typical it makes the most sense yeah and i I think it's it's like if we separate comedy into percentages like a large percent of percentage of it is being funny yes but a a good amount is being good at business and being Mm -hmm. able to negotiate for yourself and to advocate for yourself and to ask questions you know 
sometimes I'll get a contract and they'll say, well, we can give you this or we can give you this. Like, what do you want? And I'll be like, both. <laughs> and they're like, well, Chanel, we don't. And I was like, well, you clearly have access to both. Okay. So why can't I have both? Well, we've never done that before, but why can't I? Yeah. I well, usually, but why can't I? You know, and just like pushing people and advocating for yourself because that that really helps the entertainment industry do the same for you, you know, because then people recognize that you're working so hard and they want to help. They want to they want to say my name in rooms. They want a lot of people put my name on that Michael Che thread because they had been watching me work so hard. They had just been watching me kill it so hard. So it wasn't them just wanting to vouch for me. It was them being honest. Yeah. If you're asking who is the woman in New York who's been killing it, it's Chanel. She's the girl. She's the one that's been doing it that I've seen, you know. So you came here for that was two years ago, right? Um, no, that was like two years after moving here. So that was like 2017, 2018. Oh, wow. That was a long time ago. Yeah. So you, were, you had only mm -hmm. been doing stand up for four years at that point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's um that's an impressive. Yeah, thing. I was really nervous <laughs> opening for Michael Che. It was like sold out four shows at in. Caroline's. Oh, yeah. You, oh, I see. I assume this was like one of the the pandemic where he was like doing it out of the back of the mm. truck, which is like no. still a thousand people. Those were cool. Those were cool shows. But no, have you this seen was, him since? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've opened for him a couple times. Okay. He's taken me on the road. We went and did like the University of Connecticut. That was incredible. Like two thousand students. Um, yeah, I've done a couple shows with him, and I've I've been his house. Like we've hung out. I have okay. his phone number. I don't like Ooh. to text him. <laughs> you don't like to text him? No, because I don't have anything to say, yeah. and I just always feel like. Whenever I get someone important's phone number, I just don't want to abuse it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but then sometimes I'll see him out, and he's like, "You never text me," and I'm like, "Ah, <laughs> what am I <laughs> what gonna do I say? say? <laughs> hey, are you having fun? Yeah. <laughs> like a Saturday night? <laughs> you know, what am I gonna say? <laughs> yeah, what are you doing right what now? What are you doing? Oh, you're at work. <laughs> yeah, oh. I don't know what to say, but um, <laughs> yeah, and I just like never get starstruck. I never feel that feeling. And the other day I had this crazy fan in Philly. This girl was like on the verge of tears. She couldn't believe that she had saw me on the street. And oh, that's cool. she that's was cool. just freaking out so much. And I just like, you know, kept trying to talk myself down and calm her down. I was like, girl, I'm just a girl. Girl, we girls. You don't got to be, yeah. you know. But um, yeah, I think that helps me a lot in business, too, is that I meet somebody that's really impressive and I don't care that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I've seen, I've ran into some comedians on the street and I'm, I'm like, wow, you're that guy. I saw you uh, open at the stand yesterday. Yeah. And they're like, oh my God, you recognize me? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then they go, they go, are you a comedian? They're like praying I'm not. And then I'm like, yeah. And yeah. Like, it doesn't mean anything. Mm. Man. It doesn't mean anything yeah, coming from you. Yeah, calm down, man. Yeah. yeah. I, but I, circling back to something we talked about like 20 minutes ago. Yeah. Um, do you know Rob Stone? Greg Stone. Oh yeah, Greg Stone. Yeah. I always call him Rob. Oh, okay. I always do that. That's your real good friend. I know, right? No, not really. But mm. one time he he uh, he gave advice that um, I like. It was like a little bit about how you broke yourself mm -hmm. with the trains. Yeah. Um. He he said that for a year he tried to do stand up and then he like he was so nervous that he just started doing karaoke. <laughs> the Did, real you scary thing. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> And yeah, he just started doing karaoke all over yeah. for a year. And then he like broke himself that way. Yeah. Because like in secondhand embarrassment doing karaoke yeah. or secondhand, firsthand, just being embarrassed. Both. Yeah. Both. Everything. And he did that and that's how he got through it. Yeah. And um, I really like that. Like I was like, wow, that's like such a small gem. I mean, that'll gem. give you some blind confidence for sure. A couple shows and you'll be good. 
I actually I did karaoke after that. Yeah, and I was like, this isn't this actually isn't that bad. Yeah, because like you don't have to write the material. You just <laughs> literally looking at a screen and performing. Polonius is like, I'm a great singer. I'm a this is easy. Killer. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> I'm not a great singer. <laughs> But it doesn't matter. Yeah, 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 it doesn't matter. Nobody is. But really. you know, you know what I think is the, one of the most important things. And it's such a cliche thing to say, and I hate that living your dreams means yeah, that you yeah. believe in cliches. But the cliche is that you have to like see it way before anybody else sees it. Like I saw myself doing every single thing that I'm doing now. I saw it way before I started doing it. And once I started walking with that energy and that confidence, like people just get on board. Mm-hmm. They just believe it because they see that you believe it. And and that that's very infectious. Getting yeah. people to believe in you. I, I sit sometimes and have meetings with networks and I tell them my wildest dreams and I tell it to them like they're my best friend. <laughs> oh, wow. So I'm like, hey, I want to make a show about this where we do this and it would be crazy. Right. And they're like, this girl's shouting in the Comedy Central main office. I'm like, yeah, man, do you see it? You know, like whatever we have to do to get people to believe you have to do it. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think there's like a thing when you when you feel like when you accept that this is what you what you see, then mm-hmm. then um, I think it's like a, I, I read this that basically it's like if you're looking for a book, then you see books. Right. You know what I mean? And then and then things that because your brain can only handle so many thousands of images in a day. So then you're kind of like the boxes fade away. You're just yes. seeing books. Kind of focus, so when yeah. you're seeing that, like, oh, like I'm doing stand up, I'm doing good stand-up i'm at good clubs mm-hmm. and then then all of a sudden like um it seems that and it's so cheesy but like kind of like manifested but it is like, i yo i meditate like i'm not out meditate. here i'm not out here like i don't have like rocks and stuff <laughs> i think there's a line you have to draw a line but um i do believe in meditation and i believe in like the universe and i believe that the universe listens to our hopes and dreams and they they wants to give it to us but you have to like meet it halfway i believe in that I believe in like quantum leaping and, you know, being literally on a plane and as it's moving fast, thinking about this next phase of your life and getting there. I absolutely believe in that. And yeah, I just think your brain is really powerful. It's really powerful. And whatever you think about yourself, you will make it true. And so sometimes you have to lie to yourself and you have to say, yo, I'm tall as shit. I'm the tallest person in here and you're not and it's okay but you have to believe it you have to convince yourself so that you feel that way so that other people are like oh she is kind of tall you gotta be (laughs) chapter one and chapter two uh kanye absolutely then i i i I watch Mm -hmm. that and it's funny because i watched that and i was like this is the fucking best thing i've ever like this is the most inspirational thing ever in it yeah this is so crazy and then um i told some people and they hadn't watched it i'm like no, no, you just gotta. It's like you gotta watch the first two. Like yeah. you gotta watch the whole thing, but you gotta watch. You gotta watch. You it. gotta dive in. Yeah, it's good. Like it's it great. will make you excited to do your thing. That touches on another thing that I think helped me a lot is that I always studied comedians and just great artists. Like I studied Basquiat's journey in New York City. The the painter Basquiat. Yeah. I studied his journey like a fucking Bible. Like I understood that he was living on the streets. And painting on the walls and painting on the uh, like broken fridges that he would find. Like I really tried to understand how people got from point A to point B in terms of being incredible artists. And I pulled all that information. I harnessed it, you know, and I do that all the time. I'm always studying comedians, studying our pitfalls. Uh, Daryl Hammond has an incredible book called 
God, if you're not up there, I'm fucked. I think that's what it's called. And man, that book taught me so much about comedians and how we have trauma and how we can move forward with it. We don't have to be perfect. We don't have to cry about it all the time. Like there's so many entertainers that make incredible mistakes. And if we just like look at their blog (laughs) and look at the diary entries when they were really in the middle of that shit, we don't have to fall through those same pitfalls. And I feel confident that that some of the things that with new fame or new money that could happen to me are not going to happen to me, hopefully, because I've read these things and I've really taken it to heart. Like we have to take care of ourselves. We have to. Being an artist means that you feel a lot of things. And we have to harness that energy in a good way or else it could destroy. Where would you start with that? Because now I'm interested. Oh, with uh, well, I just want to. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't I want to be able to. Sometimes there's so much stuff out there to to, to learn about that. Yeah. You can't, obviously, we can't you take everything. And I'm like, I, I'm out here. Should I be reading books? Like I read. You I read be books. books. I enjoy course. them. But, I, you know, I don't know when it's like you're I like think, study other comedians, pitfall study, all of this. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm I, like watching read, specials, but like how much I, I read biographies all the time. I'll read somebody's Wikipedia page. A lot of them have a lot of mess. They'll talk about people's <laughs> drug rehab, everything they went through, all their marriages. Like some of those pages will lay out a whole entertainer's uh, life, you know, like not just comedians. I studied Lucille Ball. Like oh, really? I really got into the psyche of becoming a great entertainer and what happens and none of those roads are without pitfalls they just they just aren't a lot of them went through really crazy things but i think it really comes down to like taking care of your brain in terms of taking deep breaths a lot of comedians don't take a deep breath you can ask a comedian when's the last time you sat quietly and took a few deep breaths and they're like oh when i was a baby (laughs) (laughs) i had hiccups that one time like they just they just don't do it i think my mom did it for me see see yeah Yeah. she forced it out like comedians don't understand that we sometimes are on go mode all the time that we just don't take care of ourselves and and slowing down and even just starting with a few deep breaths is the first step into being more mindful i mean there's lots of apps that you can use for mindfulness um reading reading autobiographies from people who have gone through incredible things to become incredible entertainers like i just think that is powerful um i also re- read a lot of books by like um uh paul Cohello. i don't know if i'm saying his name right I, I he, has, he, he has that book the alchemist oh have you I heard think of it I've, well that sounds ultra familiar it's very popular <laughs> and really helped me a lot in terms of like learning how to have some faith in my next step because we are in being an artist we're doing something that's yes been charted before but no two paths have been the same way no comedian was like oh i went here and got here and then i got this it just doesn't happen that way so like you need to have some some type of like steadiness in your path and i think that that book helped me a lot with that um but yeah definitely starting with deep breaths all comedians need to take a a couple minutes and breathe (laughs) and i and, and drink water a lot of comedians will go whole days without drinking water Okay, well, these are who are these? Maniacs? You would be surprised. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, those are some crazy people. <laughs> some people just didn't have a mental breakdown early enough in life. I agree. And you need to be, you need to have Bare been bones. shit on. Yeah, or I don't even know. I think they've been shit on, but they just yeah. need to realize that they've been shit on. They haven't realized. I don't it. get it. Some what of them the ha- sometimes people are at the like the bottom of their lives and they don't realize oh it's time to climb up. They're like, no, oh, I'm chilling. It's funny because I, at one point, very much felt like I haven't hit a rock bottom yet for me to climb out of. Mm. And that was pretty ridiculous <laughs> considering what I was doing at those moments. <laughs> I was like, 
no, this isn't the worst yet because yeah. I didn't fully go down. Right. Like, I, I still, I still. I'm not in jail. It. Every day I wake up, <laughs> we make it. <laughs> um, we're coming to the end of the episode. We've talked about. By the way, um, you're on Eggs, Bacon, Grits, Sausage Radio, Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm your host, Thelonious Fiorito. I'm with my super dope, super fire, uh, killing it guest. <laughs> yeah. Killing it. That's going to be the phrase. Killing it. I'm here with killing it. Yeah. Uh, Chanel Ali, at Chanel Ali on Instagram. Um, Don't forget to check her out. Yeah, follow me. She's on Instagram. She's got YouTube. I just bought the Apple thing. Yeah, I just bought my Um, album. Chanel number one. This is a really funny name. You can get, uh, I like it. Uh, Of course, it's a funny name. (laughs) It works. It works. A serious one would be cheesy. (laughs) That's It's cheesy to have serious stuff in comedy. It is. Um, But uh, yeah, we talked about, you know, how like the path, the paths that we can take. We talked about inspirations. We talked about, um, we talked about Philly a lot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, We talked about your grandma. Shout out grandma. Shout out grandma. Shout out Brooklyn Fried Chicken. Yes. It's really good. Yeah, whoever whoever that was. It's probably Kennedy Fried Chicken. I'm happy for you. It's probably Kennedy. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Kennedy makes the best. Yeah. Um and we talked about other stuff probably. Lots of stuff. We talked about so much. And um I'm just saying this because we're wrapping up and super happy that we had this talk. And um, you know, if you want to follow Radio Free Brooklyn, it's at Radio Free Brooklyn um on Instagram. Uh, also I have a website, but you probably can't spell my name, so I gotta change it up. Feloniusfiorito.com. Yeah. That's a lot. But I'd have a normal Instagram, funny Dorito. And you know, it's pretty good. Yeah, but I like I'm i I'm down to change it. I need I, I'm okay. taking I'm I'm taking taking names. Yeah, we might have to change your whole name. I don't know. Uh, John. <laughs> no, just go back to John. Yeah. Um and not back. I never was. Never was. <laughs> never left. I uh <laughs> but you know, so we're we're wrapping up and um I just wanted to say, is there anything you'd like to, you know, are you plugging anything? You're going to be on, you're on shows. Yeah. Unfortunately, all the time. I, you I, you I, don't even have time for deep breaths. I know. I'm you really busy. You were on busy. this early. You're probably out till 11 tonight. Yeah, I am. I definitely, I'm absolutely going to be out late. Um, yeah, You can always go to Chanelali.com to see where I'm going to be next. I'm going to be in St. Louis, July 1st and 2nd. So if you have people over there, send them, tell them that a uh, Brooklyn native is coming and she needs weed. Um, <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, the last thing I want to say is to uh, chase your dreams because life is short, and if you wake up any day and you feel that there's something you want to explore, something that sparks you, something that makes you feel like you see all the good in the world every time you do it, then let's spend a couple minutes working on it today, and maybe a couple minutes more tomorrow. Beautiful, <laughs> really gorgeous. Um, gorgeous but uh god um help me i hope there is none because that was cheesy um but hey so we're we're gonna we're gonna hop off um keep listening there's gonna be other shows on radio free brooklyn also tune in on thursday at 10 p.m to catch kate detrinis she has awesome trap music that she gets from local brooklyn artists and then 11 there's gonna be ralph who does his improv um show uh improv rap show it's really funny i am just butchering it right now but he's really cool tune in at 11 on thursdays see you later bye and we're gonna leave us with some chanel oh, <laughs> common area i don't allow any carbohydrates in my household i'd prefer it if my roommate was dead i got so desperate so fired up i wrote that guy back i was like well is it 420 friendly or not, sir. (laughs) I got a lot of places to look at.
was good to be here. I was on the road. I was in Portland, Oregon. Very cheap weed there. Suspiciously cheap, I'd say. Bought some weed from a guy there. I said, hey, how you making a profit on this? He just ran off. Met a fancy barista when I was in Portland, as you do. Told him I was a comedian. He said, oh my God, my wife loves comedy. I'm gonna take her to your show. I'm gonna take her to your show. And later on that night, he did. They Googled me, they bought tickets, they came to my show, they're great audience members. That is so nice, right? Ha, ha, ha.